Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Thank you, friends. Uh, So good to pray together. Friends, the Word of God continues for us this day as we turn to Scripture. Let's pray together, please. So, O Lord, you are present with us even now. We believe that and we know that to be true. So open our whole selves up to your Word this day that we might take your Word into us, that we might be made new. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. So, friends, the reading for us this day comes from the second letter to the Corinthians. This is the fifth chapter. It's the 16th and 17th verses. We continue our conversation with the Apostle Paul and the people in the church in Corinth. Listen for the word of God for us this day. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in this way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. If anyone is in Christ... There is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen and amen. So we're continuing our conversation with the Apostle Paul and the Christians there in Corinth. And the Apostle Paul gives us yet another image. Remember, the first image the Apostle Paul gave us for being the church is the letters of Christ. You are letters of Christ, for the gospel is written upon your hearts. The second image that the Apostle gave to us is that we have this treasure in clay jars, ordinary clay jars. Today we have a new image, a third image. The Apostle says... For those who are in Christ, you are a new creation. Letters of Christ, treasure in clay jars, a new creation. The apostle says to the Corinthian church, you can't keep on looking at one another from a human point of view. This makes actually a lot of sense because remember we talked about Corinth being this city in between Asia and Southern Europe. It's on this major trade route in between Asia and Southern Europe. Consequently, Corinth had people there from all over the world, all walks of life, different religions, different cultures, different ethnicities, and and the early church drew from those people. We think that in this early church, this fledgling church in Corinth, 
these 40 or 50 gathered together trying to understand what it means to follow Jesus together. There were, there were merchants and craftspeople together. There were younger people and older people together. There were Jews and there were Gentiles. One of the hardest things to reconcile was, was how this is a Jewish gospel versus a Gentile gospel. Paul is saying, actually, it's for all people. There were even slaves and slave owners in the same church. Imagine, no wonder there was conflict. No wonder there was struggle. These people were real. They were doing the hard work of trying to be the body of Christ there in Corinth. And the apostle says to them, one of the ways you do this is by no longer looking at one another from a human point of view. Paul says even he himself early on saw Jesus from a human point of view. And now he realizes that Jesus is not just this human being from Nazareth. He is the son of the living God. He is the savior of the world. It transformed how Paul saw Jesus Christ. Paul is saying in the same way, you should look at each other differently. You should be looking at each other no longer as this human form, but you are different because anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. You know, the Apostle Paul looks at us and says, yeah, yeah, the problem is you're still looking at each other as if there's Republicans and Democrats. You're looking at each other as if there are never Trumpers and forever Trumpers. You're looking at each other as if, as if there's wildcats and, and Jayhawks and, oh, good grief, even tigers. Come on, the apostle says. You're looking at each other from a human point of view. Don't you understand if you are trying to be followers of Jesus Christ, then anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. It's a different way of viewing one another, even ourselves. So I don't know if you caught this, but one of the most powerful moments for me personally always in worship is this invitation to confession of sin and this assurance of pardon. I'm so grateful for the Reverend Hallie Hoddle leading us in this day. It's important that we are honest with one another, that we confess our sins before God and one another because we are a sinful people and we need God's forgiveness. It's not just personal sin, it's communal, it's corporate, it's systemic. And then there's this lovely moment where Hallie invited us just to be quiet and to pray in our own way. But the moment that everything turns for me is when our pastor Hallie looks at us and reminds us that by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, we cling to the truth of 1 John 1 that says if we confess our sins, then God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It is in God's nature to forgive. When we ask for forgiveness, it is God's nature to give it. And in that moment, when Hallie says, we are forgiven, we are made new. 
It may not be that you feel differently, but thankfully, that's actually not even the point because God's forgiveness is not about us. It's only about God, and God's nature is forgiveness. The Apostle Paul reminds the Corinthian church, look, you're new people. You're new creations. So when I was teaching in middle school, fresh out of college, teaching in middle school there in the Seattle area, it was my third year, my first day of school in the third year. New classroom, new students. Everything is clean. Everything is new. We're ready to go. It was third period. And I was calling the roster because I'm trying to learn names. Because I learned early on as a middle school teacher, if you don't have names down, you are in trouble. That kid is not going to stop if you say, excuse me, please stop. But if you call her name or his name, that helps a lot. I'm trying to learn names, and out of the corner of my eye, on the row closest to the wall, I saw this big kid haul off and slap the back of the girl's head in front of him. And she turned around and started hitting him. On the first day of school, third period, I have a fight going on, and all I could see was that kid, he started it. So quickly, I stopped the class and said, you! outside, hallway, now. He stops, looks up, and says, I didn't, I said, no, I don't want to hear it. You're in the hallway, outside, right now. He slowly gets up, goes out into the hallway. I can see him looking at me through the window in the door. I think to myself, it is the first day of school. And seriously, this is the impression you want to leave upon me. So I put the class to work, and I step outside into the hallway. I leave the door open. Here's my technique that I learned from a master teacher. That, that when you're in the hallway with a kid, if the kid wants attention, you have to give him or her the most uncomfortable attention possible so they don't want it anymore. So my technique was to get about three inches from their nose and look at them and say, why do you think you're in the hallway? And right away he said, well, I didn't. I said, no, no, why do you think you're in the hallway? And he began to try to explain that it was not his fault. And I said, excuse me, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking why you're... So we had this conversation, right? Eventually I said to him, what is your name? because I didn't know his name yet. And he said, my name is Scott. And internally, I thought, of course it is. Of course it is. I've been teaching school for two years. This is my third year. But already, I had discovered that every single Scott I had was a problem every single Scott, such that at the end of my second year of teaching, I remember saying to the Lord, I remember saying, okay, Lord, if by your grace and through your mercy you call me to be married, which I would love, and then if by your grace and through your mercy you call me to have children, which I would also love, and if I have a son, I just need you to know I can never name him Scott, because every Scott is a problem. Okay, I do have to say that since coming here to be one of your pastors, I have met some Scots, and they're doing their best to redeem, at least in part, that name, and they're sort of getting there. You know who you are. So, Scott continued to be a challenge for the rest of the school year. 
There were times when he would get detention from me in third period. I would say to him, Scott, detention, today after school. And he would say, well, Mr. Nish, which is what he called me, Mr. Nish, I already have two other detentions. And I said, already? It's only third period. He goes, yeah, I'm three for three. One week, he was having a very difficult day, making some very bad choices. He came to my class after his other class detention. It was towards the end of the day now, getting later. I was grading papers. He came in. I gave him his assignment, and I said, that seat, you know where it is. By then, he was used to it. He sat in the first row, the first seat farthest away from my desk in the back corner of the room. I went back to grading my papers. He finished his assignment. He walks down that aisle, comes over to my desk, and throws it in front of me on my desk. Not a good choice. But before I could say anything, he noticed that in the corner of my desk was my Bible. I had it open because I was getting ready for a Bible study. I was going to lead the next night at my church. And Scott's eyes lit up. And he said, hey, Mr. Nish, that's your Bible? And I said, yeah, Scott, it's my Bible. He said, you... Hey, do you go to church? And I said, yes, Scott, I do. I go to church. Cool. I go to church too. I go to the Lutheran one. Which one do you go to? And in that moment, I thought, oh, no. Oh, come on, Lord. No, oh, no. He, oh, he can't. He's, no, come on, because I was just reading, and it says we cannot view one another anymore from a human point of view because anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Lord Jesus, you cannot be telling me that this Scott is a new creation. Please, please, no! It changed how I viewed him. It was the spring now. We continued to have a rough year. But it was the spring. And his mom came to our teacher-parent conference. She had missed the previous two. But she came because she said she wanted to meet me. I said, okay, I am delighted to meet with you because we have a long list we have to discuss. And she said, the reason why I wanted to come meet you is, Scott tells me over and over again, you are his favorite teacher. And I said, well, that's very nice. Thank you. And she said, no, I need you to understand, he has never had a favorite teacher before. And I said, well, thank you. Now, could we get to a discussion about why you named him Scott? See, church, you can't keep on just looking at each other, even yourself, from a human point of view. Because the whole point of being the church, of being the body of Christ, is that people who are in Christ are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. 
So speaking of things that have passed, you may have forgotten this, but hey, there was an event on February 2nd, a Sunday. I know, it feels like that's years ago, but it was just this year, February 2nd, 2020. It happened in Miami, Florida. Perhaps you recall or have heard about this. It was Super Bowl 54. It was the greatest Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls. Okay, Super Bowl 4 was actually pretty good, I understand too, but I didn't live here yet. So, Super Bowl 54, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know this already, right? The commercial time for Super Bowls is the most expensive time throughout the entire year on television. Companies who buy that airtime spend millions upon millions of dollars for 30 seconds, 15 seconds, 60 seconds if they can afford it. After the end of Super Bowl, there's all this writing about the game itself, but also about all the commercials. You know this. Some people just view the game for the commercials, not even bother with the game. Adweek says this commercial from Google was the most remembered commercial from the 54th Super Bowl. I want you to watch it. Hey Google, show me photos of me and Loretta. <laughs> Remember, Loretta hated my mustache. <laughs> Remember, Loretta loved going to Alaska and scallops. Show me photos from our anniversary. Remember, she always snorted when she laughed. Play our favorite movie. Remember, I'm the luckiest man in the world. So there is a reason why this Google commercial is the most remembered commercial from the Super Bowl. It speaks of love between this beautiful couple. It speaks of a wonderful marriage. And at the end, Loretta has some lovely advice for her husband. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. It isn't that we ask this widow to forget a sweet marriage, but he cannot dwell there. 
It isn't that we ask to deny or move away from painful situations in our past, from hard experiences in our past, from hurt and from sadness. That's part of our past. It shapes us. But we need not dwell there either. Remember, Loretta said, don't miss me too much and get out of the dang house. Friends, we no longer view ourselves or one another from a human point of view because we who are in Christ, all who are in Christ, are a new creation. The old things have passed away. See, everything has become new. Letters of Christ. Treasure in clay jars. New creations. For the glory of God. Being the church. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.